Boyfriend's Record Collection. My name's Amanda. And I'm Jason. And this is a podcast where we talk about relationships, music, and our relationship with music. Every single week we pick a random album from My Boyfriend's Record Collection and discuss the album, the vinyl, the critical reception, and how it makes us feel. What album are we talking about today, Jason? Today we are talking about the third solo album from Jack White. Boarding Boarding House Reach. Uh, It was released... Uh, March 23rd, 2018 on Third Man Records, a subsidiary of Columbia Records. Uh, But Third Man is Jack White's own record label. Uh, It was produced by Jack White. Its genre tags on Wikipedia are just blues rock and experimental rock. But I've also decided that instead of using Wikipedia, I'm going to start using Rate Your Music for their genre tags. Yeah, I think that's probably a safer bet since, like, they're better at, like, the niches. I mean, to be fair, the genre tags on uh, Rate Your Music are blues rock, experimental rock, and art rock, so all they did was add... Art rock is a valid <laughs> genre, though. It is. But before I mean, we get into that, yes, it's time to check in with the MBFRC News Corner. What's going on So, when I came up with the idea to do this segment, it was for two reasons. One, it was to discuss... Uh, new music that I'm currently listening to that I don't own on vinyl. And it was, two, it was uh, for the opportunity to be a hater yep, every yep. once in a while. We all deserve because Because here's the thing. The format of this podcast is dependent on music that I paid money to own. So obviously I'm going to like most, if not all of it. That's true. Uh, and I, I want to be a hater every once in a while. And <laughs> in that vein, I technically have three different stories. Good, because I got nothing. Head empty, no thoughts. <laughs> Hit me with it. I mean, they're all, they're all related. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna read these headlines in succession. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me find the other one real quick. Uh, never mind. I don't feel like it. Um, uh, <laughs> nobody wanted to see Godsmack in South America. Uh, Godsmack decided they're done touring the UK. Oh my God. <laughs> and Godsmack is done releasing music, period. <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. We did it, fellas. We did. We, we did. Godsmack out of the industry. <laughs> we did it, Reddit. Right <laughs> <laughs> so, um. <laughs> Apologies so, to Godsmack lovers. <laughs> uh. So a while a while ago, you know, Sully Erna of Godsmack said the same thing that Corey Taylor said, where he's like, you know, going forward, I don't think it makes sense to release albums. We'll just do singles from now on. And now I guess they said uh, they're just done making music. You know, everyone decided that we're, you know, uh, we, we don't want to hear Godsmack anymore. You know, it's like when you write like 15 songs about how people need to get away from you. Like, eventually yeah. people are going to get away from you. That's true. <laughs> That's very, very true. Got, it's very... Godsmack is one of those bands that, like... Uh, uh, I don't... I don't look back and, like, cringe at the music I, like, listened to when I was younger as much these days as I did when I was, like, 25. Yeah. I definitely went through a period where I was like, I listened to the dumbest bullshit imaginable when I was a teenager. But uh, I do look back at some of that old Godsmack music, and I'm like, how... What, not only how was I listening to this, how was I, like, shitting on Nickelback 
while they, listening to Godsmack, which is basically the same fucking they band. They the same amount of hate. They really do. Especially when you get, like, that first Godsmack album. Uh, like, aside from Voodoo, the other two songs were basically the exact same song. <laughs> and they were both huge hits, which is really funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't have much to add to that. Apparently, Godsmack, uh, when they tour, like, they do pretty well in the U.S., but as soon as they go to any other country, they just don't sell, like, any tickets. So that's why they don't want to, they, like, they don't want to tour the U.K. anymore. Uh, what was it, South America? Like, they had, they, I, I read this South America article. Um, they literally had to cancel the tour because not enough tickets were sold. Right, so they, like, literally couldn't afford to pay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was what I read, too. And oh, I just, my God. I did have myself a nice little bitchy anime mean girl laugh. You know, I, I, I yeah. did a little oh-ho-ho-ing of my own. And, uh, you know, couldn't it, happen to a nicer guy. It's just, it's <laughs> it's funny because God, like, Sully Erna of Godsmack is, like, one of these cancel culture guys. Oh you know, like, he has a podcast called, like, uh, it's called, like, Sully's Backyard Sessions or some bullshit like that, oh where he invites musicians on and they do not play music, which is really funny because it's oh like, if you're going to call it Backyard <laughs> Sessions, right? then, like, it, that implies that you're going to play music with these guys. Right. But it, uh, the only episode of that that I, like, know of is um when he had Jacoby Shaddix on. And they were, like, playing The Who, mm-hmm. the, the HU, the Mongolian metal band, not, you know... Uh, the, the other one. Uh, <laughs> I, I almost said not, you know, the Doors, and I'm like, wait, that's a totally different band. I mean, uh, is it? Uh, yes, the Doors are the Doors are <laughs> better. I want to say the Doors are better than the Who. I, I feel like I haven't I'm, listened I'm, enough to the Who or the Doors. I'm to not actually have an opinion on this. I'm not sure if that's like a controversial take, but Ride, Riders in the Storm, uh, that song goes. It's so yeah, good. That's true. Um, but anyway, we had Jacoby Shaddix on and they were talking about the who, and, uh, it was specifically a song that Jacoby Shaddix like guested on and Jacoby, you know, they pull up the video and Jacoby Shaddix like, Oh hell yeah. Like these are my boys. I love this band. And then, uh, Sully Erner prese- uh, proceeds to spend the next like 15 minutes, like making fun of the throat singing. And he's like, this is what my ass sounds like after I eat Taco Bell. Am I right guys? <laughs> I'm controversial standpoint but that's pretty fucking racist so yeah so it's really funny that like this is happening to godsmack not as a result of them being canceled but just as a result of people not having any interest in godsmack that's what the best part is you know because one of the things one of the things that makes godsmack a little different than a lot of these like cancel culture guys is that like they make the most inoffensive music you could possibly make like like the most offensive thing they do in their songs is say the word bitch every once in a while uh and that's like it like they they, it's such inoffensive you know nothing music um no okay why because i feel like i keep talking over you no you're fine (laughs) okay Uh, it's probably the lack of sleep from the demon timer. Oh, I guess that's a fun piece of news. Yeah. Um, our our house may or may not be haunted. It may also be that this stove is from the 1970s and the house itself is from the 1920s. But uh, the little timer thing just kept fucking going off last night. <laughs> and it was like, we didn't know what it was because we have oh never used the timer on this stove. 
Yeah. And it just... Yeah, no, I thought it was from the, the toaster oven I when was, it started going off. I was honestly thinking it was like there was going to be some demon like monkey with symbols just like walking yeah. through the kitchen. And um, yeah, so if I'm a little off today, it's because I'm very <laughs> tired. <laughs> it's either ghosts or living in a very old house. You would be the judge, listener. I mean, that's fine. I'm also tired because I, I uh, got off work like th- two or three hours ago. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, we're all tired mm-hmm. and uh, I refuse to edit anything. <laughs> so that's all stand in. You cool. know, cool, 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 it'll cool. help, you know, it, it, it'll help people form parasocial bonds with us if they feel like they're a part of our lives. If they know that I'm just like <laughs> basically an overgrown squirrel with yeah. anxiety disorder. <laughs> It believes in mystical things yeah. before, like a practical, oh, the timer went off because the oven is old. Yes. And it's malfunctioning. No, yeah. my brain went straight to spoopy nonsense. <laughs> That's what kind of show this is. It's it's funny because my, my brain, the way it works when I like think about uh, fixing stuff around the house, my immediate thought was, I wonder if I can just take the timer like out, <laughs> out of the oven. We don't use it. It doesn't serve any function. If it's just going to keep doing this, I'm going to figure out how to remove it. (laughs) See, like, this is where you're the perfect partner for me. Because I'm like, demons! And you're like, I wonder where the fucking screwdriver is. I can take care of this quick, fast, and in a hurry. (laughs) No, it's it's really funny where it's like most people will be like, oh, I should... You know, probably replace the stove or like at least fix the timer. Where I'm like, nope, throw it in the trash. (laughs) (laughs) Dismantle. (laughs) Yeah, so that was my news for the day. Uh, Okay, I guess. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into um, into track one connected by. Well, wait. uh, Before that, yeah, I want to talk just a little bit more background, just like. uh, normal stuff. I don't know. I don't know what the word I was looking for there was. Um, it was, yeah, I had three single or f- technically four singles, I guess. I'm not counting Ice Station Zebra as a single, but Love uh, Connected by Love Corporation and Over and Over and Over uh, were all released as singles. And then only two of these got music videos, uh, which we did not watch because I for gore i forgot to do that it has a generally positive reception um with the one big notable exception being the 4.7 review that it got from pitchfork uh out of five or out of ten out of ten. Oh. um but uh, we'll get into that like later on in the show but the uh, sub headline here is with the joy and wit all but absent from his songwriting, Jack White's third stol- solo album becomes a long, bewildering slog, which Gosh. I could I could not disagree with more. See, yeah, like uh, <laughs> I feel like this album is very respectful of our time, and it yeah. is. It kind of takes you on a little baby yeah. journey. Forty-four minutes long, yeah. by the way, not that long. It did not feel like a slog to me, and I'm not yeah. really like a jazz person per se. Yeah, this album is very jazzy. It is. So yeah, I disagree um, with Pitchfork on this one. <laughs> oh, one of the other things I wanted to I wanted to uh, comment on is I remember he, uh, hearing in an interview that he did. For his most recent album, for um, Fear of the Dawn, where he said that this album, Boarding House Reach, was the first time he experimented with any uh, digital recording techniques. Oh. 
So, like, up until now, all throughout the Raconteurs and uh, the Dead Weather and the White Stripes and his solo stuff, it's all been completely analog. Huh. Um, so that's part of why there's so much weird experimentation going on here because you know he's had this long career and he's just now getting into digital recording which uh yeah offers a lot of new and interesting ways to do things so my question to you Uh, then does jack white's stuff up until this album sound better on vinyl than it does on digital because it was recorded analog or does that make a difference in your opinion I would say I would say so probably. I I have I've got a couple of White Stripes albums and I have uh uh I don't have Blunderbuss. I have the Lazaretto. I have Lazaretto on vinyl too and that also. Like they all sound very good. Yeah. On vinyl. White Stripes albums in particular um they they sound great on vinyl. Like so Jack White is like the vinyl guy too. Um oh. He is a lot of the times he is credited with the revival of vinyl. Mm-hmm. Uh, bec- I can see that. I think Blunderbuss. No, it was Lazaretto. Lazaretto was like the highest selling vinyl record of all time, or some shit like that. Whoa. Yeah, it sold a ridiculous amount. It had like this crazy, like, um, uh, uh, like deluxe edition vinyl. Even it, it was it was the standard vinyl, but it had all these. Uh, weird gimmicks with it which is why i bought it um and like he owns third man records he bought a record pressing plant so he presses all of those records in house uh he obviously produces all of this music so you know a big a big part of like the difference between vinyl and digital comes down to the mixing and mastering Right, right um because like even if it's recorded analog uh, if you use the same mix when you press it to vinyl that you did when you uploaded the the music to Spotify and stuff, then you're pro- then it's probably not going to be that big of a difference. But most of the time, music is mixed differently depending on which format it's on. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, that was that was kind of a rambly answer. No, but I like I that. <laughs> um, to be specific, it sold forty thousand copies yeah. in the first week. It was printed. Yeah, as a, as a physical record. Yeah, that is that's insane. Like people don't sell Especially, people. Don't, this was 2014. Yeah, <laughs> dude, people don't do 40k period anymore. Like even even when you factor in streaming and stuff, yeah. like people still are doing like 40,000 units. Like 40,000 units uh, right now would get you a number one album, I think. Like wild. Yeah. Um. This album, uh, was number one actually. It was his third number one album, uh, uh, in a row. The Blunder Blunderbuss and Lazaretto both debuted at number one. Uh, this one did too. Although I did look, I was curious. I looked at the charts from that week, and it wasn't really up against anything. Oh yeah. So <laughs> he timed out the release nicely. <laughs> he's um, like, hey, because I feel like Jack White is one of those guys that knows everybody. Y- yeah, like, he is. Like he's friends with Beyonce and Jay Z, along yeah. with like a slew of people that did Warp Tour. I mean. He's friends with Beyonce and Jeezy, along with Insane Clown Posse. Yeah, like he like he worked with Insane Clown Posse. Like that, just everybody wants to work with, and I think that speaks volumes for his character. Yeah, I love uh, going back to the pitchfork thing real quick. Absolutely. Um, There was a line in there that I really loved, where he said, uh, 
I, I then I watched uh, Jack White gaze out of a limo en route to a summit with fellow guitarist millionaires The Edge and Jimmy Page, and gravely prophesy a fistfight. Uh, this I thought was bad, ridiculous, pointless, embarrassing, and self-serving, and that line like I uh, I only brought it up because you were talking about like how many people Jack White knows. Yeah. He's in that limo with The Edge and Jimmy Page, probably because they're on their way to the premiere of the documentary all three of them were in. Right. <laughs> it's uh, it's called This Is... Was it This Is Going to Get Loud or something like that? Something like It's that. a documentary about guitarists. Yeah, because um, we watched the trailer for it, and he makes yeah. like a slide guitar out of yeah. it, a soup can, a rubber band. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, uh, it's a block of wood, a glass bottle, and a guitar string. That he wraps around like a screw, mm-hmm. and then that's connected to like an amp pickup, and then insane. Yeah, <laughs> Jack White is just—you know who like of our friends are my, is like the Jack Whiteiest. I feel uh, Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> our buddy Taylor is just yeah. one of the most interesting people you will ever meet with some of the weirdest stories, mm-hmm. and also seems to know everybody. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, because of. The because of the the uh, uh, experimental nature of this album, I've got some good, I've got some good rate your music stuff to read oh, at the I'm end so of, at excited. the end of the episode. I cannot wait because if there's one thing that Radio Rock guys, which like Jack White has a very diverse fan base, but definitely a lot of like radio rock enthusiasts, yeah. um, they do not like jazzy experimentation. No, they do. They, it's like they're allergic to it. Well, the thing we'll get into is uh a lot of it has to do with like a lot of these songs are barely songs right right <laughs> and they're kind of like just jamming out and trying ideas and stuff yeah but anyway let's let's get into let's get yeah, into the let's album get into it. uh we're gonna start out with the first single connected by love Don't you know what I'm suffering from? Please, my pain, make it wash out with the rain. Relieve me and put it up on your tail. Take it away and give it to somebody else. With the exception of the kind of like wubby uh, like intro, this is basically like a classic Jack White solo yeah. song. The, this this was such a calculated first single mm-hmm. for this album because it sounds so much like uh, a lot of the singles from his other two solo albums. Right. Um, so it's really telling you, like, don't worry, this is going to be just another Jack White album. 
Yep. Uh, yep. Nothing weird. To, nothing to see here. But even even on this, so uh, while it was playing, you mentioned the 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 background, the backing vocals, which are much more prominent uh, in like towards the end and the other times they repeat the chorus. Right. One of the things I love about this song, and it kind of like gives away that this is going to it's like the first little like hints it's a little easter egg that this is going to be like a weird experimental album is that the um the background singles singers aren't really perfectly on key or in sync right and they're also turned up a little bit too much gotcha which i kind of love because... i kind of do too like i love how prominently they're featured yeah. it's like it's a little bit Disney's Hercules. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit disjointed, and it it does. It kind of like something is slightly off, but you don't know what it is because everything sounds good. It's just a regular Jack White single. Yeah, and, like it's fine. One thing that's gonna be a a theme throughout uh this record that uh, I'm gonna say a lot is like, so people a lot of people will say when a band releases an album that has a lot of like well-performing singles on it right like metallica's the black album you know is a good example you know they'll say like a, a a common phrase in like music critic culture is to say like oh this is you know this is basically a greatest hits album of new material right uh for boarding house reach it's to me it's kind of it kind of plays like a live album of new material of, rec of a live album in the studio does which is funny despite it's like the nature of it being like the first digitally recorded album he did um it's like basically like uh uh because of the recording uh, uh techniques he used it's technically like the least live right. album he's done but it feels like yeah. he's just the, the flow it's so like improvisational the flow of the tracks together um you know, it just feels like you're watching uh, a do uh, someone do a live performance yeah. where they're like experimenting on stage. This one and one later down on the track list um, reminded me of a lot of the music I heard in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, specifically in like art galleries, like some mm. slightly weirder, more experimental jazz. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that comes back around much stronger later. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to kind of throw that out there um, to kind of set the tone for this because it does feel like. Like, the best way to describe this, it's like if you go to see an artist uh, where they do, like, where they have some well-known songs, but they also want to branch out and, like, do, like, jam, mm -hmm. you know, during their performance. That's what this album feels like. Yeah. Where it's, like, every once in a while you get a song, like, Connected by Love or over and over and over, mm -hmm. where it's, like, all right, this is kind of a fun single, and then it goes back to weird experiments which and, I like. and yeah I feel like they're so well placed throughout yeah. the album that's why like i don't fully understand the slog comments yeah like, there's a lot of just standard jack whitefair sprinkled in here <laughs> oh i've got some even more confusing uh reviews oh boy for this album but let's move on to why walk a dog why indeed Fighting out in the yard. 
This song's not very long, but uh, yeah, we've got we've got animal rights activist Jack White over here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, uh, asking, uh, look, uh, you know, uh, are are you a pet owner or are you a slave master? I'm their mommy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we have a lot of pets. Yeah, so. we have um, four cats and two dogs, and it's too much. But he brought two cats, and I had two cats and a dog, and everybody gets along. But no, uh, <laughs> it's it, it's one of those songs that it's 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 like one of those things you think about like when you're high. Yeah, you know, and you're like, man, isn't it crazy that like we just like have this animal that lives in our house and we're responsible for how much exercise and food it gets. It reminds <laughs> me of a webcomic I saw literally yesterday. It was like aliens talking to a dog and yeah. they were like, why does he like feed you and take care right. of you and pay for your medical care and you don't have to do anything? And the dog's like, well, because he loves me. Yeah. And the aliens are like, so why do you tolerate being subjugated? And the dog just kind of tilts his head and goes, because I love him. <laughs> why does the dog need to walk? But uh, my main note for this is... um. Because, like, Jack White's kind of comparing and contrasting animal relationships, and the only ones he doesn't really come for that he kind of seems to admire is cats. So, yeah. Jack White is a cat person. I mean, I think he actually is. I'm not a thousand percent sure on that. Uh, um, oh. The research. <laughs> <coughs> I remember the thing I, like, forgot to ask you when my brain shorted out. Yeah. And I keep forgetting to ask you. Uh, do you, what is your history with Jack White and or the White Stripes and or the Dead Weather and or the Raconteurs, uh, before you met me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, good, because it's short. Um, I was, um, very much more into, like, the My Chemical Romance yeah. and the, um, a little bit more, like, emo, emo, like, the used. Right. And, uh, so really, my only interaction was with the White Stripes mm-hmm. and primarily Seven Nation Army that yeah. was on my Zune yeah. <laughs> at all times. That was, like, my hype song in mm-hmm. gym class. And that's it. Yeah. Like, I knew who they were and, like, I kind of aspired to be the kind of cool girl that was, like, into the White Stripes. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, they just didn't <laughs> yeah i was very into the white stripes yeah um yeah i just, you know i just i just thought they were so cool uh you know t- as far as i'm concerned they're the ones that revived like blues rock and garage rock because i you know my dad loves the blues you know right, yeah. play, played the blues around a lot you know there's also a lot of White Stripe songs that can be compared to like Led Zeppelin or anything true. like that. Yeah, this was a very good like, yeah. middle band for yeah. you and your dad to kind of and enjoy. I never listened to The Strokes. I never yeah. listened to The Hives. I never listened to, um, what's that other one? There's another one of these like big garage rock revivalist bands. Interpol, maybe? Are they one maybe, of those? I don't know. I don't I know. I, Interpol or Britpop. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I never listened to Interpol. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm probably grotesquely like, wrong in that genre description, yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, I don't know. It might be Britpop. I mean, that sounds right. <laughs> um, but, like, the White Stripes was, like, the band of these 
rock and roll revivalist bands that I kind of latched onto. Right. And I can see why. Cause yeah. Like, looking back at their aesthetic now, they were definitely yeah. in the year, like, 2033 mm-hmm. and, like, 2000s. Yeah, I just thought they were so cool. Yeah. And, like, the idea of, like, it's just Jack and Meg mm-hmm. and there's no one else, like, even, like, the riff to Seven Nation Army, like, a lot of people assume that uh, he recorded it on bass and then record the, you know, did all the studio trickery, but in reality, he just tuned his guitar down and, like, oh, yeah. and, like played the main riff on, like, the lower frets. Uh, it's just, I don't know. Very, very cool. So, of course, like, uh, I enjoyed the first two Jack White solo albums, even though they're they're kind of a mess. Um, it's very clear that Jack White, like, like, he has all these side projects, you know, he has the Raconteurs, he has the Dead Weather, both bands I never really got into. Yeah, me neither. Um, I, you know, I only really love the White Stripes. Uh, and, and it, like, it really felt like the first two albums was a lot of leftover material from the White Stripes and from his other bands. And it kind of felt like, all right, he's dumping these on his solo albums. There's some great songs on there, but it makes the albums feel like kind of a mess. Right. Boarding House Reach, I feel like, is the first album where it, it really feels like he crafted a new album yeah. and made his sound. And that's not connected to the White Stripes or the Dead Weather or the Raconteurs. Yeah, because the other thing this album really reminds me of is like slam poetry nights where yeah. somebody is just like playing an instrument as people are going and it's like this very cool kind of raw poetic energy mm-hmm. uh jack white very much is that guy yeah i think like you know society in a hundred years will probably look back on him as like a poet you know uh-huh. him and like several other performers in particular because i don't know he's got that hemingway thing not the hemingway thing i'm thinking of another like, <laughs> white man poet but I mean, he is like he is very classically a rock star. Yeah, I would say, and I and I feel like he's going to be kind of regarded as one of these classic rock guys. Like mm-hmm. in the future, like you know, he's going to be one of these guys that is up there with a Jimmy Page or the Edge. Definitely. Even though, like, I don't give a shit about you two, but <laughs> he's, <laughs> just... he's noted. Yes, he will be remembered. Yes, that <laughs> we can um, for sure say about the Edge. On he will be remembered, unlike every U two song I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! Um, <laughs> got their asses. Just you I'm too. Yeah. I'm, com- I'm coming for you, Bono. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> With your fucking liberal like yeah. white savior. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Anyway. Oh yeah. Moving right along. Yeah. Speaking of slam poetry night, let's listen to Corporation. Ooh. Thank you. 
Real quick, I'm going to skip to the end. Cool. Uh, because there are no lyrics in this song until then. I also want to get some of these uh, screams in here that he has. Yeah, that's it. Yes. This is another example of um, high thoughts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on the album. This is this is literally the meme of like doing cocaine and and the person's like, you we should start a business. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking about I'm thinking about starting a corporation. Who's with me? Um, but so this was the second single. And I remember when this came out. Uh, this was the second single on the album, and this was the first time people were kind of like, "All right, what the, what the fuck is Jack White doing over here?" It kind of lulls you into like a false sense of security with that. Like that is the Jack Whiteiest riff mm-hmm. I've ever heard. Jack White riff. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like if I was like, if that was the first time I was hearing that, and somebody was like, "Who wrote that?" I would be like, "Jack right. White." Well. well yeah, and it's so funny because it starts out like that, and the song is uh, five and a half minutes long, a little over five and a half minutes, and um, that those vocals uh, don't come in until three minutes and ten seconds into the song. Yeah, it's, it's a two-minute intro, folks. Yeah, and uh, uh, other than him just saying, who's with me? Yeah, Followed by, like, the bongos and stuff. Yeah. Um. And I don't know, it's, it's. I think it's very cool. I like this song a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but it, you know, it it's a it's another one of the situations where like this reminds me of something that, like you would hear at a concert. Like he still he still does this song live, uh, when he does tours and um, like it just goes so hard live. Yeah. Because you know it, you kind of have. You can kind of have fun with, like, the vocal inflections and... Because there's not a melody to it. Right. You know, you can do all the screams and it's all, like, ad-libbed and... You know, there's... It's very organic yeah. feeling. I imagine, like, in today's day and age, whatever he's doing is not a show, he can kind of just insert what yeah. his current high thoughts are. Yeah. You know? As, uh... This will become a pattern on this album. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't. I don't think I have much else to say about it it's you know it's 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 a fun song that is when you're listening to this album it's kind of your first hint your first real hint that uh this is that you're in for like a weirder ride than your typical blues rock out but anyway and uh the vocals on the next one are they jack white or on uh, a bu- a blow oh my god abulia abulia rossia i'm unsure gotcha i can look it up cool uh as i'm playing it 
He's a mighty man. I renounce wholeheartedly in this extreme abjuration. Oh, okay. That which I repudiate, yeah. no vehemently, adamantly, unrepentant. All right, I'll, I mean, I'm going to bring it down because this is just an interlude. Yep. Anyway. Yep. Cool interlude. Yeah, very yeah, cool a, interlude. It's a fun interlude. Uh, in an interview, Jack White said about the track, This is a strange one because there's this vocalist named C.W. Stone King who is the vocalist on that song. I just love his voice so much. He was in New York and I asked if he could come down and he said he could. So I wrote this poem for him to recite. It was basically me trying to find as many words as I could that I wanted to hear him say because I love his speaking voice. How yeah. can I make the most complicated poem about wanting a cup of tea? That became my goal. I fucking love Jack. That, that's that's really funny because it is it is very much a, like a throwing out big words yeah. type of poem. Yeah, like by the time we get to the end, it's like... That, that I state re- irrevocably to do so gently that you cannot resent me for this humble request yeah. of my company. Like it's, mm-hmm. This is where I'm, I kind of stopped looking, yeah. like, not stopped looking at him as a lyricist, but I'm like, oh, Jack White's actually like a poet poet. Yeah. Like one of these like highbrow gunny <laughs> discussed in American literary right. classes, guys. Yeah, he's a, he's a very, very, very good writer. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think, you know, honestly, that's probably what, uh, pulled me in about the white stripes more so than the other bands yeah because there's that, substance there's yeah. a lot of substance even when it's just goofy little high thoughts yeah uh this guy's australian by the way oh. yeah cw C. stone king is an australian blues singer songwriter guitarist and banjo player uh yeah he put out his first album like 2015 it looks like no no because he was he won. He won an. He won an award in two thousand nine. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, moving on from the interlude, to uh, hyper. What is it? Hyper misophoniac. Hyper misophoniac. Hyper misophoniac. Hyper misophoniac. That sounds more right. No, it just reminds me of that like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hyper misophoniac. <laughs>
Alright, I'm gonna bring this down now. Uh, interesting track. Whoops. Yeah. Related to an interesting condition. One of my favorites on the album, actually. Because mm -hmm. I, I love that I love that hook. They're like, ain't nowhere to run when you're robbing a bank, when you're robbing yeah. a bank. It really captures that feeling. So I have auditory processing issues, and that means if I hear too many sounds at once, I kind of just shut down. Right. Um, and it really perfectly captures that sense of anxiety of feeling trapped by sound. Yeah. Without actually making me feel trapped by, like, I, I like listening to that song. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's interesting how he took all these, like, terrible sounds, like, some of which, like, included noises that his son's toys made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, uh, you know, and the song's actually about that, too. It's not just, like, it's not just like a conceptual like title because of the production of the song, you know, with the annoying sounds in it. But it's literally like you know, every sound I hear is louder than the last. Sounds like a dynamite blast when yeah. you, when you click your teeth. Like yeah, I think he probably does have. Um, it's actually the condition is um misophonia. Um, gotcha. He added the hyper on top for when it's like really severe right. like hyperactivity. And uh, yeah, I think he's probably one of those people that uh can't like bite down on a fork for the same reason that i can't <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry my mic positioning is all over the place no yeah. uh, <laughs> i can only i can only see the levels um so i never know how it's gonna sound until 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 we're done and i listen to it back <laughs> oh god um but anyway the next song is probably the most controversial song on this album. One of the most controversial songs in Jack White's career, I would say. Uh, so let's get right into Ice Station Zebra. Alright, I'm gonna skip ahead to some lyrics here. Oh, never mind, here we are. <laughs> Alright. 
Uh, so yeah, we've got we've got the Jack White rap song. Um, that uh <clears throat> is one of the big points of contention on this album. That's in the, the one of the big uh one of the main quotes from the the Pitchfork review is uh I re I revi- oh my god oh my god Pitchfork just like refreshed and the ad messed me up anyway. I revisit this moment of doubt now that I've heard Jack White rap. If you've listened to his third uh, third solo album, Boarding House Reach, you will have crossed this Rubicon with me. It happens on a song called Ice Station Zebra. After pounding a saloon piano for a minute, he turns his fedora backwards, stoops, up, stoops to the camera, and offers the lyrics you just heard. Uh... Now, quoting someone's lyrics to make them sound silly probably isn't nice. It may even be disingenuous. Yeah, Plenty of sharp-sounding couplets wither in the harsh light on the printed page. But White's delivery, if possible, is even worse than the words. The painful yo and Joel blow, the coup de gras of we're all copying God, which White, which White repeats, eager to rub it in, is a thumb in the eye. What does he think he's doing? What does he want us to think he's doing? All is mystery, except your overwhelming desire to turn away. Dude, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, there are definitely moments where it becomes a little bit PBS kids show. Hey, yo, kids, and I'm here to say, but oh. like, he, he, the commitment to the bit kind of gets you through that. See, it's funny. It's like, until I read this review, um, you know, after the album came out. I never, li- I never heard this like as him trying to rap. Oh. It didn't even like occur to me that this was like supposed to be a rap song because he kind of does the like fast talk singing a lot. He does. Like he did a, like one of my favorite songs of all time is "Fell in Love with a Girl" by The White Stripes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, fell in love with a girl. I fell in love once, but I'm most completely. She's right. in love with the world. <laughs> She said, Are you all right? I said, I must be fine because the heart's still beating. You know what I mean? Right. And like, no one would call that song rap. So I kind of like, and there's also a lot of spoken word on this album. So like, it never even occurred to me to That's like, fair. to like call him out for bad rapping. Um, I don't know. I just, it's just, it, it's so funny to be that like negative about it. It is kind of funny because um, you do kind of need to have uh, experience in art history to understand the car- you paint like Caravaggio kind of dig. Yeah. Because Caravaggio was an Italian master that some would say was even more talented than Michelangelo. It's me. I'm some. Oh, wow. Um, Controversial. He painted, all- well, he painted that lovely <laughs> okay. painting. Michelangelo <laughs> stands shaking right now. <laughs> of um, the mother and daughter beheading the guy that came to kidnap oh, the daughter. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah beautiful yeah. painting. Yeah. I should know the name. I don't. I didn't graduate <laughs> from, with a degree in art history. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's kind of a... You do a really good job, but no one's ever going to fully acknowledge you for it. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, this is a cool song. I love hearing yeah. Jack White do weird stuff. Interestingly, too, the song's title is inspired by A Station Zebra, a 1963 Cold War era thriller novel written by a Scottish author, Alistair McLean. It's also <coughs> a movie directed by John Sturgis, and it is loosely based on... Real life events that took place in 1959. Interesting. I, I always don't know what those events are, but that's what Genius said. I always wondered uh, 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 why it was called Ice Station Zebra. Okay. I just thought it was like, 
you know, just throw more random, wacky, weird, wacky, yeah, wacky words together. Right. I, I can't even throw normal words together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, we are halfway through the album, which means it is time to talk about this vinyl that I have here. I have the extremely standard uh, version of this album. There was a like cool uh, pre-order available when it came out. If you were a member of the Jack White of the Third Man Records Vault subscription thing, uh, which I am not because it is insanely expensive. Like what is it? One eighty a quarter or something? It's it, like yes, yeah. It, it is something like that. Yeah. It, it's definitely quarterly. Um, which is a bar. I mean, to be fair, uh, I always look at them and I was like, oh, I want it. Cause like mm-hmm. the, the vault releases are very nice right? and they come with a ton of shit and they do a lot of really good albums. I really, really wanted the, uh, they did one for uh, dope smoker by sleep after oh, yeah. once, once sleep got signed to third man. Um, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. If that comes up on the shuffle, even though it is a single track that is one hour long, we'll figure out how to do it. Yeah, we're going to do it in like segments. Yeah, I'll, fi- I'll figure out how to break that up so I can talk about Dope Smoker. And I can be like, <laughs> now you see, at this part, he slows the riff down a little bit. It's, look how cool it sounds. Anyway. Yeah, just, uh, just, you know, give to, uh, yeah. Dope Smoker by Sleep a listen sometimes. So, no, I'm pretty sure I bought this. I, I think I was with you when I bought this. I think you were. Because I, I want to say I bought it at like a flea market or some something like that. Because this is one of those albums that I it took me forever to buy. Because Jack White is such a like... It's such a like widely distributed album that right. like I never felt like... Anytime I went to the record store, mm-hmm. uh, I would always look for something cooler. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly where we bought this because we bought this at the punk rock flea market. Yeah, in the like what the Shriners club. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I remember looking at it and I'm like, oh, is that Jack White and Drag? And you looked at me like, I don't, I don't think so because the cover uh is not Jack White. I do not believe, but it's totally a lovely it fair person um wearing a lot of white foundation and some very dark lipstick. Yes. Uh, so inside, uh, we have some liner notes, a little, a little booklet. Uh, I was trying to see, it might be Caitlin Parker. Uh, She has a credit under the art direction and design. But anyway, uh, uh, yes, just, just some, a nice lyric booklet. It's a nice 180 gram uh, vinyl. Of course, it's a very clean vinyl because Jack White presses this stuff himself. Uh, nice, nice thick sleeve. All that good stuff that us collectors like. I just love so much that instead of getting into like the celebrity alcohol market, like tequila or whiskey yeah. or like you know owning a vineyard, he's like, no, I'm gonna press vinyl, and this yeah. is like kind of like. Yeah, I, a, I don't want to call it his midlife crisis because it's kind of like yeah. it's all been building to. Yeah, I was about it. to say it's more like his life's work. Yeah, like his lifetime dream. Like this is going to yeah. be his legacy. Yeah, he moved to Nashville. He bought a record pressing plant uh, attached to a record store, which I've been to a couple of times. It's we very... have a coffee mug from there, right? Yeah, I had two of them. I don't know what happened to the other one. God only knows. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The the third man record store in Nashville. If you ever get to go, it's very it's very cool. It's like a it's almost like a white stripes museum. Yeah. 
uh, where you can also buy records and stuff. Uh, yeah, I recommend it. But um, oh yeah, to complete what I was saying, like it, it was it was always one of those albums where I was like, oh, I'll, I'll I'll pick it up next time maybe if I can't find anything else. Even though I do love this album, it's it, there was never any urgency for me to buy it. Right. Uh, yeah, I think it was just we were flipping through and you're like, mm-hmm. I want to get a record. Yeah. And it wasn't like that. It was I like think, 20 bucks or something. It's, it's finally time to buy Boarding House Reach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I guess that that's it for the actual record. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the the big single from yeah, this, this album. Yeah, this is the third release single, yeah, right? So over and over and over. Over and over and over. And it's by far, by a, a crazy margin, the most successful song yeah, on this album. Yeah, by streaming numbers on Spotify, it's uh, sitting at like 14,256,000, where all the other ones are at like one or two million. Yeah. <laughs> like the other singles are at like five and nine. Yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're, you're going you're gonna to see why that is right now. Oh my god, Right, guys, gals, nine binary pals. This podcast is sponsored by Toyota Thon, featuring <laughs> the new 2023 Toyota uh, Tacoma. You, uh, let me pull it. Back. You need a truck that's built for tough. Yeah. Am I wrong? No. This, I mean, yeah. To be fair, like, I the white stripes are kind of responsible for popularizing the blues rock thing again and uh for better and for worse yeah so this like a lot of car commercials use this like blues rock blues rock sound and like this commercial specifically is probably in a car commercial yeah (laughs) um but yeah this is the big single it's the obvious single Mm -hmm. Uh, i love it it feels like it's almost almost to a cynical degree like it almost feels like jack white wrote this song like to throw in the middle of the album so people would keep listening yeah well and also (laughs) to put out a single like sort of the same thing with connected by love that's true you know to like put out a single before the album you know because you you look at how these were released right connected by love is like a regular jack white single and then corporation Mm -hmm. which is like oh this is weird Uh What's, what's going on here 
and then a month later he releases over and over and over and and then that makes oh okay this is gonna be a normal jack white album yep, i think yep false sense of security <laughs> once again <laughs> I also I also love how these are sequenced because it means that Connected by Love is the first song on track A and then over and over is the first song on track B. So each side like starts with the single. I love that. I yeah, love when very the, smart. that thought out like very smart. for the vinyl. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um this one the most out of all the singles. Um this whole album kind of feels like Jack White like created it in a lab. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And just added like dashes of other influence and this one is like just pure distilled Jack White. Mm-hmm. This is this is another one though where uh same thing with Connected by Love, the background singers are like kind of off key i know and i love kind it kind of out of sync because like it does it takes me back to a place in my childhood like a happy memory of being in a church not any of the traumatic yeah. ones of like the choir was never quite perfectly right. on key or perfectly like on for timing but there's something about that that adds just so much warmth to a song well it like it goes back to what i uh, was saying about this feeling live yeah yeah you know? very but- much yeah it feels so organic like it feels like they're in the room it does and they're definitely professional background singers they're yeah. definitely doing an incredible job but i think the direction probably was sing like you're not singing backup sing like right. you're singing like in church or singing along yeah that's thing like they're all clearly like is singing as loud as they can not necessarily on key they're all like they're they're not like harmonizing yeah. really but I kind of love it. it love, it's it's re- little, like it's, it's really like, good. Yeah, just put some like you yeah, know, some dirt on it. They're also <laughs> same thing with connected by like they're a little too loud. Yep. yep. In in the mix, which also is like it feels like an obvious intentional choice. Mm-hmm. That's something I find Devin Townsend does a lot of times. Like yeah. He has like a backing vocalist. They're at the same level he is or yeah. above. And yeah. it's I don't know I just think it's fun on De- this album. Hey, I love- Devin, <laughs> Devin Devin Townsend's production style is. Uh, is what most people refer to as brick wall production. Oh my god! So, so everything, is, <laughs> everything is like forward in the mix. Uh, but yeah, you know, there's good a song. little bit of that here. Yeah, like and and all the vocal mixing, everybody's right at the front. Mm-hmm. Good song, uh, obvious single. Yep. Yeah. Thank you for getting us the sponsorship from Toyotathon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on we've i think this is another interlude with everything you've ever learned brought to you by toyota (laughs) hello welcome to everything you've ever learned brought to you by hello welcome to everything you've ever learned sponsored by yeah it's just this (laughs) it's just it's it's just this for two minutes i think i think if i end up in hell it's just gonna be jack white narrating this to me this is such a like I I love this interlude. I love that it's right after the big singles. People right. People are, like, hyped up from the last one. They're like, fuck yeah. And then it's, hello, welcome. <laughs> yeah, I love, the, I love the voice he's doing. <laughs> hello, welcome to everything you've ever learned. It's somewhere between, like, Mr. Rogers and a game show host. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, I'm, like, scrolling through this Pitchfork review to see if he says anything about it. Um, and it doesn't look like he mentions 
Let me see. I keep here. saying he. I didn't even look at who wrote this. Jason Green. Okay, I can. I, I think I can assume their gender. Okay, I think, yeah. <laughs> this song is a call to action to destroy the internet and information itself. The yes. title, Everything You've Ever Learned, puts into perspective the futility and frustration of learning something oh already God. discovered and documented. Modern man has all information at their fingertips. The one who is prepared is never surprised. That's really funny because it it, it shows off my two... That is, that is a the perfect genius comment because mm-hmm. it is my two favorite things about commenters on genius it is one long-winded yep and two wrong <laughs> <laughs> like i felt like what you know i mean great like it's it's t- over analyzing uh these non-lyrics right but i always thought that it was kind of meant to convey how like um uh, uh, corporations and capitalism is involved in every aspect of your life down to your schooling that's true you know everything you've ever learned brought to you by blank you know what i mean right because you know because like you know you go to school and it's like oh uh, like my school had chick-fil-a in the cafeteria yeah, you know what i we mean we had a chick-fil-a day and then we had a domino's pizza right day, right and, like we sold like cosmic brownies to raise yeah. money for like beta club yeah oh, my so, God. so that's kind of like i didn't it's so funny because I didn't get anything about like the internet or anything out of that. Right. Like, maybe I'm looking at it at a more surface level. Right. Than, but it, but it's also I don't know if this little interlude uh, commands you to look at it deeper than that surface level. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like <clears throat> something that I in particular have to remember about Jack White is first and foremost he's just a silly little guy. he's just a weird dude doing art stuff and sometimes that's all there is to it yeah one of my favorite (laughs) things about jack white is like he kind of he kind of you you think he's going to be like a very self-important um like self-indulgent guy and then you watch then you watch interviews with him and he seems so like genuine and like honestly kind of awkward yeah (laughs) no um i remember um so I think this must have been like 2014. Yeah. Um, one of my friends, shout out to Avant Geek, um, made these outfits for, t- I think it was for like MTV or VH1 for the presenters to right. wear it on the red carpet. And they were interviewing Jack White. And he was just like, he just could not stop looking at the dress. Like yeah. in particular, because it was like made out of like the papers, like the wrappers and stuff. They had sent her clean ones to make these yeah. outfits. And it was like a whole thing. And he was not even listening to the question. He's just like, this is amazing. Is this comfortable? Yeah. Like- <laughs> well, I think part of it is like, because he has such a artsy, artsy persona with his like music right. and everything and his his fashion and the way he presents himself and coupled with the fact that he doesn't do that many interviews he does not so it kind of like present it kind of like manufactures this mystique around him definitely where you think he's going to be like the tortured artist type right but he's not the tortured no. artist if anything um not diagnosing anybody but the neurodivergent in me uh response to the neurodivergent jack white <laughs> you know what i mean yeah he's if, just a little awkward but he seems like such a sweet person if you if you want to if you want to see a great video to like demonstrate jack white's personality look up i can't remember what it's called is something to the effect of like Jack White explains how records work or yes. how, or how record pressing works or something I like that. 
I watched that uh, when we started dating. Yeah? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I didn't want to be a complete dummy. I don't think I retained any of it, and I just preferred <laughs> to ask. You. But, like, yeah, I did watch it, and it's it's very cute because he's yeah. very passionate about it. Yeah. If you, if you want to get an, a lovely info dump, shout out to the info dumpers. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's an excellent video. Jack yes. White explaining um, vinyl manufacturing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on to uh respecter commander or respect commander yeah someone who commands respect if you will Because I remember the beat kind of late in the track. She commands my respect. She commands my respect. And I can't recollect. I've had a time in my life. She has all my respect. She has all my respect. They don't. They don't make him like Jack White anymore. They don't. They really don't. And, you know, someone who is not only drinking that respect women juice, but also just going the fuck off on that guitar. Right. The drums. Yes. And the, the drums time are very signature change. Real. So good. Who played drums on this album? A thing that I should have said at the top. Oh my god! So many people played on this record. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh no uh, <laughs> i did not realize oh, oh Billy. uh probably we're on track nine right oh wait, wait, yes. wait i got it it's um bobby bobby Allende. yep bobby Allende. yeah uh, and jack white yeah um, which makes jack white's also a very very good drummer yeah uh there is actually credits on genius now all the way at the oh party. sick yeah so yeah, I like. That's a thing we know now. I ta- I tabbed back to my Wikipedia, and it's like, the the list of people who worked on this album is insane. Oh, I bet. Ooh. Uh, but yeah. Uh, you know, again, keeping with the the live theme, this really feels like, um, you know, dudes like jamming out like in a garage. Yeah. Definitely. You know, like the. Y- uh, when I skipped to lyrics, that was about two minutes into this four and a half minute song. Right. So a lot of like I skipped over a lot of like soloing and just kind of 
noodling around but it's like it is that perfect like when you go to see if you go live to see a musician like this it is that perfect like you know they they build the atmosphere yeah. by like doing these like soulful guitar solos and then you know he approaches the mic and you say something real simple but because it has all this like built up yeah momentum it like feels impactful you know so he gets up to my she commands my respect and you're like oh my god <laughs> you know who definitely celebrates international women yeah it's jack motherfucking white jack white <laughs> but yeah that that's a great that's a great track to like explain why i love jack white especially why i love watching jack white concerts yeah he's one of my favorite there i mean it helps that he has like a bunch of high quality uh live concerts that are available on youtube um but i love like jack white's one of my go-to's if i want to like put a concert on yeah, like in the background yeah, or whatever having, like, people over for yeah music. it's great it's you know you know it's going to be mostly guitar solos and then every once in a while people will look at me like, oh shit i know this song yeah. you know because he also plays like white stripe songs and rock and tour songs like right when he plays it's just good like ambient party noise yes and it makes me feel very artsy yes it makes me feel old. <laughs> it may, it makes it makes me feel like it makes me feel like when my dad would make everyone listen to the song "Remains the Same" by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I mean... I, I'm like I, I I am in this respect I have definitely turned into my dad when it comes to like yeah but you have a broader reference library to pull from like one of my favorite yeah that's fair is like the first time you're like meeting one of my friends or we're like you know a new friend yeah whatever and um they're telling you what you like and you're like oh you should check out yeah you know like you definitely are not one of those one size fits all you must listen to this album no definitely not and your dad i love your dad i love your dad so much my dad's cool um but there's always a uh, mini lecture before and after he sh- he you know shares a piece of media that um, yes it's a, it's a full presentation <laughs> yeah that and uh may like when the guitar solo hits doing a thing watch it watch this part watch this. oh you know, my god like, yes yes so you can't see but he, like he's rapidly tapping my knee yeah. exactly what his dad does and like then, especially then, for watching like old concert footage and then you gotta do the then you gotta do the air guitar like yep. when he hits the high notes oh my god he makes the face you gotta make the face yep yeah what a cool granddad <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, speaking of speaking of shows I guess is that a segue? Does That's that work? Transition. Transition. Esmeralda steals the show. Another interlude, I think. Yes, and it is spelled, I believe, with the original spelling from uh, the book version of Hunchback of Notre Dame, not yeah. the Disney version of Hunchback. Slips off her white shoes and grabs her tenor pacifier from its stand. Thirty half steps to the microphone, smile on her face. I mean, that's enough of that. I think. Yeah. That's enough story time with Jack White. Uh, I'm sure you have. You're on the genius page. Does this have like any insight as to what this is? Yes, actually, it has a quote um, with a link to an interview um, from Jack White. 
about the song Esmeralda. I've been to my children's recitals at school, and whenever I'm seeing them, I always start to fantasize when I'm sitting in the crowd about these kids just doing wild things. Like some kid <laughs> standing up and doing a clarinet solo without being asked, or some other kid doing a cartwheel just trying to steal the show. Just trying to imagine, wouldn't it be amazing if this kid did a tuba solo right now? What if this angelic girl said the most amazing thing? That is, that is that, a Jack White quote. That is so relatable. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that is exactly how I think when I'm in. I was right. like, oh man, what if that guy just like did some shit? Like, right? <laughs> oh, man. Well, and especially like, I don't know how many children's um, recitals you've been to. I mean, you know, our, our niece is not yet yeah, yeah, none, any kind of school. So. Approximately none, I would say, so probably. I, I've been to several with my baby cousins or like my friend's children. And, um, you know, they're all standing up there. They're all stiff. Yeah. And there's always that one kid that is just like super into it. And yeah. like, you're kind of sitting there kind of almost rooting for them to like, dude, go big or go home. None of these other kids want to be here. This is your time. This is your yeah. <laughs> and it's just this seven year old that is outperforming all the other kids on Jingle Bells. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh going from the interlude. Let's let's get it. The third or fourth interlude. That was the th- third. T- well, really really the second? Yeah. Um unless you want to count why walk a dog right. as an interlude. No, no, third cuz you have You've got uh, 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 This is our second um, spoken word piece. Yeah, Abulia and Akarasia. Yeah. Oh my god. That one. Um, everything you've ever learned and then Esmeralda steals the show. Gotcha. Are like the main interludes. Uh, but yeah, Get in the Mineshaft. Another weird, mostly instrumental song. You know, if you're a guitar guy, you, you know it's time to break out the talk box, baby. Oh, yeah. So, interestingly, according to Genius, the opening spoken word part of the song has multiple variations. One for the digital release, version oh. B-2679, and nine for the vinyl versions of the oh, album, shit. including the previously mentioned. Oh, man. Now I... W- 
I wonder. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I I did not know that. I wish I knew that, so I like paid more attention. I'm I'm looking at the lyrics. Yeah, sheet right that's now. why. Like um, like as I was talking about earlier, I was like scrolling through the lyrics on Genius on my iPad, and it's gen. It's so long, and it's because it's all nine variant <laughs> the only the only lyric on the lyric sheet for getting the mind chef is can you hear me now oh my god <laughs> i guess you didn't want to print nine different books <laughs> for each version oh my god. of that intro oh man that's a bummer that now, is the now... jack whiteiest thing that has ever jack whited <laughs> yeah i can't i can't believe i didn't know that before now i like need to not only see which one I got, but see what the other ones are. And right. Like, and uh, obsess over whether or not I got the best one. Right. <laughs> it's kind of wild because it reminded me of um, a Tumblr post from yesteryear. Yeah. Where, like, somebody was like, if I become a famous author, I'm going to finish the last book and ship it with, like, nine different endings of varying rarity. Yeah. And just, like, see how long it takes people to notice. There was... It was Clue. Clue did Clue that. Did that. Yes. They, there were six different endings for that movie. There and, sure were. And depending on like which movie theater you saw it in, yeah. like that changed like who the murderer was at the end. Who who do you remember the murderer being when you were a kid? I don't. <laughs> I was I definitely Tim Curry, but I don't know if that's actually correct because it's been so long since I've seen the yeah, movie. Yeah, that's the thing. I definitely remember watching Clue, but uh I do not remember who it was at the end that like, no. did the murder. And to be fair, um, Tim Curry was kind of my childhood boogeyman. Yeah. <laughs> um, I watched the original version of It and um, found him just like very scary and intimidating in all his yeah. roles. And that's correct. Yeah. For, for a very different subset of uh, Tumblr teens, Tim Curry and It was their sexual awakening. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyways, mm -hmm. that's, a good, that's good a segue to yeah. any two what's done is done. <laughs> yeah, I wish I didn't say that, but you know what? What's done is done. What's done is done. That was terrible. I should edit that out. <laughs> not gonna. No. <laughs> what's done is done. I just can't find it no more. So I'm walking downtown to the store And I'm buying a gun This just ain't no fun My life has become a bore Pacing back and forth on the floor Thinking of someone It would not be a Jack White album if he didn't sneak a country song on there. Right. He, he, he loves it. He loves country music. You know, he moved to Nashville. His record store is in Nashville. Right. Uh, 
Yeah, it, it just wouldn't be a Jack White. And it's a very good country song. It is very good. <laughs> um, I actually need to check out the backing vocal is done by um, Esther Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, she had her debut album in 2017, so a year before. That. Right. So it's it's not hard to imagine. Like, he just was like, hey, up and coming young Nashvilleian. Well, actually, let me look up. There's a very good chance that that person, that Esther Rose, is that what you said? Yes, Esther uh, Rose. Um, oh, there's no no Wikipedia page. She like she might be on Third Man Records. Gotcha. Because I know uh, that that's how Jack White. Like he he get oh my god whatever he gets a lot of like he collaborates a lot with the uh, artists that are on his record label. Gotcha. Um, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's a very good song. It's very classically Jack White, like sad country song. I do. I yeah. love. When I love he does when... like a wistful country song. He's very good at it. Um, yeah. Vocalist. It's just oh, it's so good. And then there's shit like Little Ghost. Little Ghost, <laughs> Little Ghost, what I'm scared of most. Yeah. He has another like one of it. One of my favorite songs by him. Technically, it's not by him. It's by Danger Mouse. Mm-hmm. Is um, I, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Because uh, it was on Rome. Yes. So Danger Mouse did this album with uh, Daniel Lupi. And uh, there's this song on it. Oh, where is it? Because it's not the... Is it the Rose with the Broken Neck? That's not it. Uh, two against one, yes. Uh, so he's on two songs on this. Album. Yes, um, and I don't know why it only says Jack White on Spotify, but this song also features Nora Jones, and it's it's like it's probably it's one of my favorite Jack White like duets. I love it when Jack White does a duet. Um, So smooth. And you know what? Now that I'm listening to the song again, I don't think Nora Jones is on here. I think I'm thinking of a different song. Um, well, I, I have it in my head that it, he, has, he has this really good like acoustic duet, and I could have sworn it was this Danger Mouse song. And uh, I like I like really got us off on this detour. And uh, that's fine. It's a short album. That's what probably like. On 90 minutes plus. <laughs> N- not quite. This isn't it either. Uh, n- <laughs> not, not quite. We're at an hour 20. We're, do- okay. we're doing all right. Awesome. I've got time. Awesome. I've got time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can, I can do this. But, oh my god. I fucking hate Spotify so much. Why Why is it organized like this on desktop? What is this? Do you want to use the IPID? Uh... No, I'm good. So I could have sworn he had another song called like Love Connection. Right. 
Love interruption. That's what it is. I figured it out. Good job, baby. It was the first single off of his first solo album. That's that's one of, that's a great great song. You know, it's funny because um, a little detour of the detour of the detour. Yeah. Here. Um, but Nora Jones to me is like the true vocal successor to an artist like Dolly Parton. Yeah. Like, a lot of people think it's Miley, but to me, Miley is more like Stevie Nicks. Right. You know? But like just the way Nora Jones's voice comes across, um, it's just so soft and like there's like no edges to it, but in like the most pleasant way possible. Yeah. It's, it's very Dolly. Uh, feature. The vocals on that song are by Rumi, uh, Ruby uh, Amanfu. Well, then I was wrong. Ruby Amanfu. <laughs> she sounds a lot like Nora Jones. Was a, a Ghana-born, Nashville-based recording artist. Wow. Has released seven studio albums. Good for her. And is well known for. Well known for being one half of the duo Sam and Ruby. Oh, I do like Sam and Ruby. <laughs> oh, well, you know, shout out to Nora Jones, but also uh, Sam and Ruby. Yeah, and Ruby. yeah. What was her last name? Oh my God. Yeah, uh, oh no. Amanfu. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, definitely gonna have to check out her stuff more. Yeah. Uh, and now the final song. The final song as I navigate my way back to the correct album after <laughs> doing all of that bullshit. Um, <laughs> Humor esque. Yeah. Strains of humor esque, divine. You thrill and fill this heart of mine with gladness like a soothing symphony. check on this really quick because it's kind of wild um what this genius annotation says uh the lyrics of the song humoresque were originally written by the notorious gangster al capone it was a handwritten musical composition he wrote while in alcatraz in the 1930s capone's musical piece entitled humoresque was sold for 18,750 according to the chicago tribune to an anonymous bidder in 2017, in a Rolling Stone interview, Jack White revealed that bitter was him. 
I mean, that makes sense. And uh, the music of the song was originally composed by the Czech composer Antonin Leopold Dvorak? Dvorak? Dvorak. 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 It's the DV sound. Like Oh God, I'm so sorry if anyone is Yo, what's your what's your favorite movie format? But no, that makes because like I always thought this song sounds like like a saloon. It does. Like a like a prohibition era. Like, like songs. So the fact, fact that it's written by Al Capone makes a lot of sense. That's so funny to me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I did not know that. You know, I always thought, just thought it was kind of a cute, like, yeah. en- ending to the album. Because, like, what's done is done feels like the, the, the like, true final yeah. track. And then this almost feels like a bonus track. A little bit. Um, but I think it's a fun bonus track. Right? Especially, like, having that um, knowledge of it now. Like, this song, well before production, cost Jack White $18,000, almost $19,000. Yeah. <laughs> Just for it to be the, the, the kind of cute, like, after song on the album i wonder if you bought it specifically going i'm gonna put this on an album or if it was just like oh neat i'm gonna buy that no i think he bought it for this purpose yeah. probably when, did, when was the purchase i think it was because this album came out in 2018 yep yeah he did buy it in 2017 okay yeah so yeah so, yeah, so he, he was probably already in the process of writing this album yeah he probably he I kind of imagine he's one of those guys that writes with like an outline and maybe he was kind of mm-hmm. missing that like yeah last little bit. So do we want to get into uh, some people who did not like this? Yes. <laughs> I've got I've got a couple of really I've got a, Oh my god, it's right here. I got a couple of really good ones uh, from Rate Your Music. Um, the first one now I'm going to start out with this one that I saw, like, while I was scrolling to the one I wanted to read real quick. Because, uh, I, you know, usually I like to do one and two star reviews. Right. You know, because I, I love, I love reading negative comments. I think they're hilarious. This one's really funny because it says, I hate to say it, boys, Boarding House Reach, Boarding House Reach is mid. Contrary to popular opinion, this album is mid. I mean, a couple of peaks, a couple of tracks peak my interest at points in parentheses corporation but otherwise it's a bit of a sleeper five stars what? <laughs> <laughs> yo Sir. yo this this album is mid i slept through most of it but also five stars it's a perfect album right? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh this review uh this person says gave it a half star review and says i love jack white and I've been listening to his solo discography after I saw him in Berlin, but damn, this album sucks. There's a reason this album flopped. Is these cats these cats seem to blow everyone's mind, but mine really the best lyricism Jack White can offer? Thank goodness Fear of the Dawn was a return to form. Let's pretend this one never happened and don't even and don't even get E started on that cursed album cover. <laughs> This is the kind of person that gets handed a child's art and goes, "Wow, this is yeah. shit." Also, I love I love taking half of a lyric and being like, "This is the best lyrics he can come up with." 
<laughs> I mean, like taking it completely out of context, right? Um, here's a good two star review. Did Jack White finally listen to Paul's Boutique and Odelay? Why does Over and Over sound like Testify by Rage Against the Machine? What the fuck is even happening on this album? I don't care enough to find out, but at least he's taking risks, I guess. I love this. This is this was my favorite review because Rage Against the Machine. That song sounds nothing like Testify by Rage Against the Machine. No, Ma- the riffs I... are the riffs aren't even similar. Like after I read that, I like quickly. Uh, played testify to like make sure i wasn't going crazy mm-hmm. um and yeah they don't they don't sound th- the same at all uh let me real quick i'll go back i'll go back to over and over uh do do so this is over and over and let me look up rage And here's Testify by Rage Against the Machine. I, it, you know, give it a second for the riff to start, but, uh, uh, 114 million plays on this. I don't understand Not, the parallels becoming Yeah, I don't get it. Like, like I guess they're almost kind of a little similar, maybe, but not nearly enough to like make that a comparison. Yeah. Like- uh, <laughs> yeah. That that's that's funny. Uh, I've got one more review here. It says all over the place, really, and not in a particularly good way. White sounds like he's having fun, but the album is very indulgent and underdeveloped. Uh, some of it is incredibly annoying, though, especially the spoken word stuff, and the lyrics are frequently ludicrous. Please don't try and rap again, Jack. Please, you are not Beck. <laughs> Occasionally, Jack's uh, scattershot approach uh, impresses, though. Corporation is a silly, funky track that is good and kind and reminded me of the Beastie Boys. Okay. What? <laughs> I mean, Ice Station Zebra reminds me of Beastie Boys more than uh, Corporation does. Uh, Connected by Love is bold gospel pop humoresque closes with a nice jazzy piano ballad but that's about it uh, easy to easy to pass on this so I, I love the like the Beck comparison is really funny because it's like do you think Beck is doing rap music that's what I where I they kind of lost me <laughs> like um, I understand that Beck kind of does the like he has that like you know two turntables and a microphone type thing but like that doesn't I, make him a rapper yeah beck's another one was like i don't really look at him as rapping he's kind of his own thing he's just beck yeah uh so that's yeah that's there's a ton of these reviews that's all i'm gonna read but mostly because uh uh it's kind of annoying to like try and find uh the reviews on rate your music because uh wait a minute never mind uh as far as I can tell, someone can someone can let me know if I'm wrong. I can't see a way to like filter reviews on Rate Your Music, um, so I just kind of have to scroll around and like click pages uh, until I find like the negative reviews. Gotcha. But yeah, 
there's a ton of reviews for this album uh, obviously because it's a big music nerd album and like because people like anthony fantano love it like i think he gave it like a nine or something uh uh, that's gonna draw and like music twitter loves this album Mm -hmm. like that's gonna draw the the contrarians yeah out of the woodwork who listen to it like i've heard this album's really good and experimental and they're like oh this is this is too weird you know right um but yeah what's uh what's what's like your final final thought on this album actually before you start uh i'm i know i'm dropping this on you right now but i kind of had this idea where instead of doing a number rating we just kind of say our like our our, um uh favorite and least favorite songs oh okay from the album because i i kind of realized that like giving number ratings to these is gonna get almost pointless because uh like they're all my records so they're all gonna be like seven or above right you know i like this i like this um so I think my favorite, like, is gonna be um, actually Hyper Misophoniac. Yeah, I just really like that track. I like the idea of like taking noises that like mm-hmm. kind of drive you a little bit crazy and make you angry. Yeah, like I said earlier, um, for me it's just kind of I hear too many sounds at once and then suddenly I'm a huge bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely has the coolest like production. Definitely, and as far as least favorite. Get into the mine shaft. Yeah. Not yeah. a fan of the Peter Frampton talk box. No. <laughs> I, that is the only one that I'm like, oh my God, is this song over yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really like this album as like an album. It's not necessarily one of yeah. the revisit frequently. I like the singles. Um, mm-hmm. I think they were like perfectly released placement yeah. wise. Because, um, you know, I love bitching about how bands release their singles right. after the last Coheed album. Yeah. He's like, fellas, what the fuck? Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I really enjoyed it overall. Yeah. Like, even like the talky bits and like the spoken word poetry and slam poetry stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Even though, uh, you know, we got the Toyota Tacoma theme song on here. I'd say it's a solid album. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do a weird choice for my favorite song and say, why walk a dog? fair i i don't know i just think that song's it's really like toned down mm-hmm. and i love his voice on it and mm-hmm. it just feels like it has so much passion yeah and it's like it's like very well written you know it kind of takes this simple thought experiment and like i don't know yeah it uh makes it interesting and it's just like a good little good little track and then my least favorite i'm gonna i'm gonna do a cop out and say Esmeralda steals the show. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm picking an interlude as a cop-out because it's like, it's it's an interlude. I don't care about yeah. it. Yeah. And it's it's not like, like I, I like the, uh, you know, the, the other interludes more. Yeah. I think. So, I would also put Respect, or, respect Commander. Yeah, may, Respect Commander maybe is up in my, as, like, as a As a favorite track yeah. just because I love all the blues noodling. Yeah. Uh, is it time for my favorite part of the yes, show? Yes, I, I completely, I somehow forgot and we did gotta, not have, pick a random record. did not have Discogs pulled up. Let's go. We're doing, uh, Blood by Leanne LaHavis. Ooh, yeah. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, you, I've talked about Leanne LaHavis. She's a she's alternative R and B singer. Oh, um, very very good, and we'll talk about her. Uh. 
next week on yeah, the show. Yeah, that'll be perfect. We haven't done much um, R&B yet. So. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, don't forget to follow... Um, what was it? <laughs> follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MBF Records Pod. Follow me on Twitter at Frequency Shifts. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amanda Moonchild. Or for my personal slash moth content, check out Spicy Pisces Crises on Instagram. And uh, we will see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.